0: Alright, welcome in Mizzou fans. It is Monday morning, August thirtieth, and for the first time Okay. I believe we are now back. We had a uh we, we had a moment. Mitchell, are you in the background and can hear me?
1: Yeah, I'm back. Okay. Sorry about that. Like as soon as you started talking, my wi fi just crashed completely so uh, uh, it, it i think was, it's back now
0: no it was actually my wi-fi uh my uh, my internet uh, okay, 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 went that out makes more so, sense as we uh, were yeah. saying you are hearing mitchell 40 he is not yet on your screen you are hearing him um but as i was attempting to say before technology gave up on me uh this is the true son Exteriors and Interiors Weekend Recap. We're going to kick game week off every single week this year doing this show. We're going to look back at what happened the previous weekend. This is the last one, obviously, where we're not going to be talking about a football game. Uh, Next week, we'll be mostly breaking down Central Michigan uh, versus Mizzou on this show. Uh, But True Sun Exteriors and Interiors is an award-winning company here in Columbia, Missouri, choosing the wrong construction company can feel like losing on fifth down. It's a gut punch that nobody should have to deal with, but we see it all the time. Not so much all the time, but you do see it. Save yourself the heartache and call the good guys over at True Sun Exteriors and Interiors, a local company with hometown pride that cares most about your experience and your satisfaction with the finished product. Call them today at 573-442-7292 and from the guys over at True Sun. Uh, They say go Tigers every single weekend, and this weekend there is going to be Missouri football, but we can't recap what hasn't happened yet. So uh, still no game, not even this time any practice to recap, Mitch.
1: Yeah, we watched some high school games. I'm sure yep. we'll talk about that a little bit. But yeah, we're, we're finally here. It's exciting. Uh, I feel like every offseason, like, you know, the summer kind of flies by and you get into August and you're like, all right, the season's here. It's camp. And then camp goes last like six weeks. And you're mm-hmm. like, oh, man, we're actually never going to start playing football. But we made it.
0: And, and then all of a sudden you look up and you're like, oh, they play Arkansas this week and the season's over. Like yeah. <laughs> the 14 week season somehow takes far less time than three and a half weeks of fall camp um but we are here for the first time since man that Mississippi State game seems like it was a long time ago also I don't really remember paying attention to that one I guess I did but
1: pretty forgettable I mean Mizzou was playing a quarterback and a wide receiver in the secondary and a walk-on and uh didn't seem super interested to be there it it was there was a a muffed punt that turned into a touchdown for the other team. And that almost never happens. It was, it was pretty ugly. So I, I don't blame any, anyone watching this for who's maybe blocked that one out of their memory.
0: Right. So uh, a lot of times on this show, we will talk about other college football this weekend. Um, I don't know, like UCLA smoked Hawaii and I don't really care about that. Um, the only game that actually involved two teams that I've heard of that I know anything <laughs> about at all was Nebraska and Illinois. And um Nebraska definitively not
1: back. Yeah, it seems that way. Um, you know, just yeah, there there was maybe a, a little bit of hope left for Scott Frost that he could turn it around not much really in in the real world, but you know, like he hadn't, you know, hadn't started the season yet. There's always optimism going into a season. That that is now gone, um especially the way they lost with just a lot of self-inflicted mistakes, penalties, turnovers and such. Uh Yeah, I mean, I I can't say I was super bummed to see it. I I know you weren't. You were uh, maybe basking in that one a little bit. So, yeah.
0: Anybody who grew up when I grew up has no problem admitting there is pleasure in watching Nebraska struggle. It is because, I mean, there was no struggle between like 1969 and... I guess probably about 1997 was really the true I mean, they went to a title game in, in like 01 or something like that, but by then it was starting to fade a little bit. Um, it didn't really start fading until 2002. But, yeah, there was a lot of uh, really big beatdowns for a lot of people by Nebraska over the years. And, you know, sometimes it just comes back. And it, it is – since moving to covering the SEC – I have often struggled whether I should call Nebraska the Tennessee of the Midwest or Tennessee the Nebraska of the Southeast. <laughs> but the difference, I think, is that there is a foreseeable path for Tennessee to get back. If they hire the right guy, they're in good recruiting territory. They already recruit pretty well. I don't, I don't know what the foreseeable path for Nebraska to get back is.
1: Yeah, no, I, mean, I think you almost you, you have to, you know, start going to the, you know, the model that like the Missouri's of the world take where you got to, you know, compile the right classes and start to stack together, you know, seven, eight win seasons and hope that everything comes together once every, I don't know five, ten years, and you make a run, and you win the right game on the right night and go to your conference title game and, you know, go from there. Like, it, it's it's not – they're never going to be what they were, is my point. Right. You know, they're not going to be a perennial team. They just don't have the access to the talent. Mm-hmm. Um. So, yeah, I know it, it's and, – and, and, I mean, like, we've talked about this before for a while. Most of us knew that was the case for a long time. I think this was finally the moment when some Nebraska fans might have started to realize it too.
0: Yeah, and and Dirk Chatlin wrote a column out of Omaha that was basically like, I mean, if this guy can't get it done, maybe it just can't get done at Nebraska. And that's not because Scott Frost is like this, you know, miracle worker, but he is the direct tie. He was the guy that, like, you understand how Nebraska works. He, everything that made Nebraska good is it that's you. And so if if that doesn't happen, um, it's not gonna happen. So plucky old Nebraska. Um, you know, that's that's college football in twenty twenty-one. And like, let's let's not skip over the fact that I think a lot of people laughed when Illinois hired Brett Bielema. And I actually thought it was a pretty good hire. Like in the, in the big 10, he's built a, he's helped to build a program up. He didn't build that at Wisconsin, but he helped. Um, and I think he gets a little bit too much heat for, yeah, it didn't work at Arkansas. He never, he never made a whole lot of sense at Arkansas and it didn't work there. But like, I think he can get Illinois back to, you know, like being in bowl contention and in one of those 6 and 6, 7 and 5 teams. I don't know if he can get him past there, but maybe the next guy would be the guy that got him past there.
1: Yeah, I think, you know, he wasn't the right guy at Arkansas for a few reasons, you know, but one of them was just the fact that the, the expectations, I think, were a little too high. I mean, he was getting paid a ton of money, and he was in, a you know, a pretty bright spotlight in the SEC and, a, a, you know, a fan base that's obviously pretty rabid. I, I think he's a guy who can maybe do a little bit better at a lower-profile job like Illinois, where, you know, the expectations aren't, you know, win your division. It's just get back to winning six games. So, uh, yeah, I think I think he'll, you know, I mean, obviously he showed he's uh, started to take the, the first few steps stores doing
0: that and obviously the Mizzou connection and like I have to be fully transparent my streaming service I could not watch this game like it was I I found it on the guide and I hit select and it said this game is only available in 4k which Look, I'm not going to lie. I don't buy new TVs till my old one quits. So i got a TV that's a few years old. It does not do whatever 4K does. So I couldn't watch that. So I switched over to the regular Fox Channel, and it was the St. Louis Fox Channel showing, like, the Bills and Packers preseason game, which I had no desire to watch. So I didn't watch this game is the point. But Ryan Walter's defense, I mean, holds Nebraska to 22 points. They They had to have done some things fairly well, I would think.
1: Yeah, they scored a touchdown. I saw they mm-hmm. had a scoop and score. Like- I actually didn't watch the game either, just by choice, because I'm a bad football <laughs> fan. And I wanted to... I'm going to spend the next, I like, to not, 17 yeah. straight weekends watching football. I, that game was not enough to get me in front mm-hmm. of the TV. Um, yeah, bad fan here. But... Uh, yeah, I saw the highlights. They had a scoop and score, uh, had a few sacks. I know that. So, yeah, it seems like they, you know, performed pretty well. And, uh, yeah, I think, you know, uh, we, we, we've had this discussion before. I think Ryan Walters probably got a little bit too much heat for his last season in Missouri. I thought he generally did a pretty good job. Um, but this will definitely be a situation where he has to prove it because he's no longer working under a defensive minded head coach. And, uh, you know, he's working with with less talent at Illinois, certainly than, than he had towards the end of Missouri.
0: Yeah, so that's the only game that mattered this weekend. Uh, later in the week, we'll talk a little bit more about some of the games coming up this weekend, maybe on the 573 report on Wednesday. I'm going to have a picture sh- the debut of our pick show on friday i've talked to uh andrew jones former mizzou tight end he's going to be our first guest uh guest picker and uh anybody that's ever talked to him he has some opinions it could be interesting i could have to put the language filter on the show but whatever it, it should be a good time on uh, on friday we will do that so let's get back you mentioned we watched some high school games um let's start with with the one i was at which I always try to go into these things with, like, a a healthy skepticism, right? Uh, I know, yeah, such and such guy is the number six player in the country, but, like, there's a lot that goes into this, and and we'll see and all that. And I walked away thinking that, uh, look, I haven't watched every player in the country, but if there are five better than Luther Burden, I assume they are incredible football players because once he got the ball, CBC, like, I don't want to say they didn't tackle him. They kind of almost didn't touch him. He just didn't get the ball a ton.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean... You know, we, we saw Luther Burton uh, in the 7-on-7 seven seven tournament um, at Mizzou in, like, June. And uh, Lee St. Louis wasn't wearing uniforms. And so we were talking. I was like, man, I don't know who anyone is. And the very first play, they just threw a little bubble screen to some guy who yeah. literally made every single player on the defense miss for, like, a 60-yard touchdown. I was like, oh, I think I figured out yeah. who's Luther Burton. <laughs> yeah, he's the real deal.
0: And, and the thing about being at that game that was interesting was I was talking to some people before and then just kind of talking to some of the kids afterwards, like, And I was texting with somebody from St. Louis who, who said this without me bringing it up burden almost has like elevated status among the high school football community in St. Louis. Like they almost look at him like there's all of us. And then there's a lot of really good players. And then there's that kid, man. And we all kind of know he's just got something that nobody else has. And, um, like i said my favorite stat was at one point he had touched the ball five times and four of those plays ended in the end zone he was touched on zero of them you know i mean literally like not a hand on him uh i sent out the video of the punt return the the first move he made on that punt return the only comparison i could make was it was like watching dante hall uh when when he used to be return punts for the chiefs and he would just do some things that you're like i my joints don't really bend that way and so that's not <laughs> fair and that's out of a guy that's six two two hundred and look I don't want to build him into cult hero status, right? Like I mean yeah. he's he's a very good football player. That does not mean that he would come in and and, you know, be a freshman all American wherever he chose chooses to go to school. But after watching him, I'm also not ready to say that there's no way that could happen um, right? because the kid was a heck of a player. But, look, CBC has a couple guys that, that I wrote about yesterday. Uh, Tyler Gant, the CBC defensive lineman that I know we talked to, we saw at Missouri camp, doesn't yet have an offer. But he truthfully might have had the best game of anybody. And it was. I tweeted this out before I went. I, I discovered it was the first football game I'd covered in person since November 23rd of 2019. So that was kind of fun. I enjoyed that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You, you got to see a lot of talent out there yeah. too. Yeah. Two high level programs. I know it was packed. Um, so yeah, cool experience. Uh, and, and just one other point on the, you know, Luther burden is coming in right away and being a, a freshman all American stuff. We've talked about this a little bit before, but you know, obviously the position plays a little bit of a part in the fact that, you know, he's not a guy who's going to come in and all of a sudden you expect him to like lead Missouri to national okay. championships just because they got him, you know, he can only, game, as you said, he was the best player on the field. His team almost lost. He only touched the ball like five times, Mm -hmm. you know, you got to have uh, a lot of other parts in it to, to let him do his thing.
0: Yeah. And, and Tyler wants to know how he looked in comparison to other top high school recruits I've seen. And, and I'll be honest, I haven't for quite a few years gone to a lot of these games and seen them in person. But what I always say is, especially in Missouri, this might not be true if you're in Texas or Florida or somewhere, but if you are in Missouri, I should be able to go to almost any high school football game in Missouri and say, Oh yeah, that that kid—he's the number six player in the country. Like it, I almost shouldn't even have to see you play to be able to tell, right? I walked into a camp with four hundred and sixty kids, and it was—I'd never seen Blaine Gabbert in person, but I knew which one Blaine Gabbert was pretty early. I knew mm-hmm. which one Sheldon Richardson was pretty early, you know. So if you are that level of recruit in a high school football game in Missouri, even. In a high-level high school football game at Missouri, you need to kind of be a cut above everybody else. And and I thought Luther was. I mean, I thought he was the best player on the field. There are a lot of other good players. Allie Wells had a heck of a game. You know, um, Toriano Pride almost blocked, like, the first four kicks CBC attempted. Like, I don't know if nobody was blocking him or if he just dove from 19 feet away and he made it, but he blocked one and almost blocked the other three. So there were a lot of good players there. You were up in, uh, in North Kansas City. Uh, and saw three guys total all on the line and and just what kind of stood out to you.
1: Yeah, well, speaking of uh, being able to walk into a venue and seeing someone who looks like they stand out, uh, that would be Logan Reichert. He is massive. I mean, he looked like Andy Reid in the punt, pass, and kick video. You know what I'm talking about, where he just towers over everyone else. He's listed at 6'7", 365, and, I mean, he, he doesn't look overweight. Um, He carries it well. So he's an offensive lineman for Raytown, 2023 prospect, top 100 kid. Um, he, he's been on our radar for a little while. Um, came to Mizzou, I believe, at least twice this summer, maybe yeah. three times. Said he's got a solid relationship with Mizzou. It's pretty much Mizzou and Georgia above everyone else for him. Um, his coach at at, uh, at Raytown, Logan Minick, is close with uh, the Georgia defensive coordinator, whose name oh, Dan Lanning, That's Dan it. Lanning. His name briefly escaped me. Um, so I know Georgia's been in on him for a while. He made two trips down there as well. And just talking to him, you know, basically he was like, "Yeah, I've been to Mizzou and Georgia both multiple times, and uh, I'm kind of trying to build other relationships right now. Like, if those two are clearly the top two. Um, He, you know, he he didn't say anything about a, a timetable for a commitment or cutting a list or anything like that. Wouldn't expect him to in that setting. And then the other two guys were both defensive linemen from North Kansas City, Dominique Orange and Edric Hill. Orange is a curious case. He's in the 2022 class, and he's a guy we hadn't talked to before. He just uh, a little bit hard to get a hold of. Um, he he also stands out because of his size. He's a he's a wide dude. Um, he's listed at 315, but I mean we have I think you mentioned it with Sean a couple weeks on here. We've heard he's more like 370. Yeah. Um, he looks looks like it to me. But he he moved okay. Um, you know I just thought consistency was a little bit of an issue for him. And like I want to say you know I'm not a scout, and this is a one game sample size, first game of the season, and unlike in college where they're rotating defensive tackles every snap, you know, Edric Hill and Dominic Corns, they played every, every defensive snap. They didn't come Mm -hmm. off the field. So understandable to get a little tired in the 95 degree heat. But yeah, I thought he, he definitely took some plays off, um, you know, showed some flashes. And then I was actually more impressed though with Edric Hill, uh, 2023 kid. Who's I think just, just kind of scratching the surface. He, he said that he's a guy, he didn't play defensive tackle in the past. This is his first game ever starting there. And he looked good in the second half. He had two sacks, Uh, He blocked a punt. He had a tackle for a loss on a reverse. So I think he's a kid who's going to get some more offers.
0: Yeah, you mentioned the heat. I mean – there was a timeout every two plays at CBC for a kid. Crazy. Yes, it was, it was crazy. I think my game lasted three hours and 20 minutes. And, and look, just so we don't um, blow Luther Burden up into this crazy, like he can't make a mistake. The one thing I did notice, so I, I would take my phone out and just shoot video, not of every play, but on some plays. And to be honest, I was just focusing on Luther Burden. I was not shooting the play, right? So I've got Luther Burden in my phone screen. And I could tell you, if I was the cornerback who was responsible for covering Luther Burden, I could have told you in a, within a step and a half if every single play East St. Louis ran was a run or a pass. Like, it, immediately his first step off the line, I could have just screamed run into into my line because you could just kind of tell. I mean, there were a <laughs> lot of plays where where it's like, I'm not getting the ball. My job is to just make sure this guy kind of stays over here near me. Uh, and, mm-hmm. and I don't say that as an insult. I think a lot of players – I mean, there's a lot of guys in the NFL that are that way too. But especially <clears> in high school, you know, um, and especially on a 97-degree day, I don't really blame a kid for not carrying out his fake 20 yards downfield. Like, that. that's fine. Save, yeah. you,
1: save the legs. Yeah, I don't begrudge the kids the hydration timeouts. I'm sure that was good for them. But my game lasted two hours and 50 minutes and it wasn't even close. It was like 35 to 14. And there wasn't even many, many passes. Both teams right. ran the ball most of the time. So I was I was a bit annoyed.
0: I mean, you begrudge them the hydration timeouts a little bit then if we're being honest. Yeah.
1: Uh, Yeah, I just, uh, you know, I I was like, come on, we can we can be a little more timely here. (laughs) There
0: You go real quick before we uh, get to the the latter half of the show. Want to remind you every week here on the weekend recap. We are brought to you by True Sun Exteriors and Interiors. They can help anybody looking to upgrade their new and existing home. Say you're like Texas and Oklahoma and you live in a neighborhood and you think, you know what? This neighborhood isn't very nice. There's a bunch of trashy people living around here, and I want to get into a new neighborhood. Well, you need a professional to come see your place and make it work for you. The team over at Truson Exteriors and Interiors were voted the best of Columbia 2021 when it comes to home remodeling. Their experienced team can do it all. It's not just a name. It's a passion. Call them today at 573-442-7292. Barry Rowe and the team over at Sun Exteriors and Interiors will get you taken care of. Um, I know Barry pretty well, and I think he's probably going to try to avoid working most weekends. I think he's got plans on Saturdays now going forward. So hopefully uh, those guys have, have gotten most of their work done. So you were we were talking before the show just a little bit uh, like, We could use this opportunity to just do a little bit kind of rapid fire back and forth thoughts about Missouri's football season. So let's take let's take quarterback out of this because we all know the quarterback is the most important player on every football team in America. That goes without saying. So non Connor Basilak, the most important person on Missouri's roster this year is who? Uh, This is kind of a
1: cop-out answer, but it's whoever, whatever receiver can prove to be a downfield threat. And I don't know if it necessarily has to be like which one guy it is, but if one can do that, I think that would be huge. That's, you know, the area where Missouri's offense struggled the most last season was completing the ball downfield. Maybe it's Dominic Lovett. Maybe it's Mookie Cooper. uh, Maybe it's Towski Dove. But if someone can step up and be that guy, I think that would be very important. What if
0: I go with Kobe Whiteside? Um, They didn't have him last year. And Trajan Jeffcoat looked like a legitimate pass rush threat pretty much out there, like it's fair to say, by himself last year, right? There was nobody Mm -hmm. else on Missouri's Mm -hmm. defensive line that you were concerned about. And so you've got Whiteside on the line with him. He's obviously an interior guy, not an exterior guy, but two years ago he showed an ability to get to the quarterback and get in the backfield from that defensive tackle spot. He's also obviously going to be important in the run defense. But I think Missouri's defense ultimately comes down to the last – last couple of years, the reason it has struggled is that it has allowed quarterbacks to sit in the pocket and like make themselves dinner. I mean, Mac Jones did not have to wash his uniform after the first week of the season last year, unless it was just warm and he sweated in it a little bit, but it <laughs> certainly was not because he got tackled at any point in time. Yeah. And I don't care how good your defensive backs are. There's a limited amount of time you can cover and Missouri has got to reduce that amount of time. So I'm going with Kobe Whiteside
1: there. Um, I I like that pick, to be fair. I actually didn't listen that closely and thought you just said on the offense, uh, not the whole team. So I probably would have picked someone on the defensive line as well.
0: I, I just said on the roster, but that's fine. I mean, okay. I, I don't expect yeah. you to pay any attention. We're, we're just messing around here. We're not doing, like, anything that's work-related or anything. Don't worry, you're good. Um, so, uh, uh, so next thing I thought about was – a breakout player. I don't care if it's a true freshman. I don't care if it's a transfer. I don't care if it's just a guy that, that didn't play much last year. But, like, who's a guy that casual Missouri fan didn't know last year who casual Missouri fan will know this year? And, and I think I probably know your answer because I think it's realistically both of our answers.
1: Yeah, I, my yeah, I don't know. I I actually, I a few guys popped into my mind. Uh, I won't mention them all because I'll I will do not want to steal your thunder if you're going to mention one of them, but I might at the end. But I think my I think I'm leaning towards Elijah Young. Okay. Um, I think he's a guy who you know some of the people who followed recruiting will, will know his name and are excited to see what he can do and he did get a few carries last year um but you know we talked about before tyler Beatty is not going to be larry roundtree and carry the ball 22 times a game it's just not going to happen Missouri's going to need quite a bit from young and drink really likes him I mean, every time he opens his mouth he seems to want to bring up elijah young and what he's done i think he could you know thrive in the, the role Beatty had last year of kind of a, a receiver he's a good pass catcher and a, just kind of a home run hitter he's very fast so uh, i think i think he could be a guy who uh, sort
0: People. well i'm gonna go with a four-star receiver out of st louis who missouri was not his his first college choice uh i think dominic lovett's gonna have a big year i think he is i think he was clearly most of the camp was missouri's number three like outside receiver i think it's very possible that saturday he's out there for the first snap of the game he has a gear that that I'm not sure anybody else on this roster has Um, Mookie Cooper's fast. Don't get me wrong, but Mookie Cooper is also a slot. He's, I mean, what? Five, seven, five, eight, something like that. Yeah, He's little. I mean, he's, when you see him, it is jarring. Looking out on the football field and seeing how much smaller he is than than some of the other guys. that by no means does that mean he's not going to be a good player. But I just think Lovett is a little bit more of a traditional receiver, and they've talked so much about the downfield game. I think he's the guy at the end of the year. We end up going, man, that was that was pretty big. Uh, to flip him, so that that would be my choice. Not that Mookie Cooper is not going to break out. I think that's who most people would think would say uh, for that question. But I I go with Love it just because it's a little more under the radar. It takes. A little more creativity which
1: honestly all that means is i'm a little bit more likely to be wrong so uh um, yeah no i like that pick and he was definitely one of the ones that came to my mind and on defense also darius robinson i think could have a big year um if he stays healthy that was his issue last year and we think chris abrams drain might start at slot corner all of a yep. sudden now on defense so watch out for him too
0: yeah um and then uh you know the the guy that we really could have mentioned for both of these questions so far might be blaze Aldridge. Um, mm-hmm. stepping in for Nick Bolton, uh, everybody know, I mean, there's so many ways to look at this. I mean, you don't just replace Bolton, but also as a lot of people brought up on our message board, Nick Bolton, wasn't Nick Bolton in the last four games last year. Like he was kind of just a guy in those four games cause he wasn't healthy.
1: Right, but I think that also kind of proved that Missouri needs can't have right. just another guy in there because the defense was bad. I oh, mean, I actually really went and bad. looked this morning. and um, Now I don't have the numbers right in front of me. But I think in the last three games, Mizzou allowed an average of like 450-ish total yards per game and 200-something rushing yards per game, which was like 60 more total yards and 100 and, more rushing yards per game than they had in the first And seven. remember, so,
0: they played a team coached by Mike Leach in that stretch. Like exactly. who refuses yeah, that run, to, run the to run
1: the ball. Yes, yeah. correct. So, yeah, I mean, like, you know, that, that, it's twofold. One, yes, Nick Bolton wasn't Nick Bolton the whole time, but you can't, that's why Nick Bolton was so important, because when he was playing well, that alone was the difference between Mizzou's defense being bad and, you know, useful, solid. So, <laughs> right. yeah, I, I think, think Blaze Aldridge is kind of the X factor, um, and it's certainly not all him, you know, and the coaches have said this many times, you replace Nick Bolton in part by everyone else playing a little better, but if he's as good as, you know, some people have made him out to be or has hoped, I think that that could go a long way towards the defense uh, you know, being maybe better than it was last season.
0: All right, so I want to end this uh again, we're doing daily shows, which means we we try to keep them all to about half an hour. Um if we don't get to something I'm going to be back with Sean Williams tomorrow. Mitch will be back Wednesday. Like we'll get there this week. Don't worry. Um this isn't your only chance. So I'm going to end it with a little bit of a hot take here. Official attendance on Saturday over under 49500
1: uh, I think probably over. Uh, if you had set the number a little higher, I might have been I might have been scared. But, yeah, I, th- I think ultimately I, there's – I don't know. It's tough to say because there's a lot of things going yes, both there are, like It's there Memorial factors. Weekend so, or Labor Day Weekend. I always get those two. <laughs> I think this one's Labor Day. Yeah. <laughs> um, <is. laughs> so people are going to be on vacation. They're going to be at the lake. It's going to be hot. There's frankly other better games to watch, um, you know, but at the same, there's still the COVID concerns, right? I mean, there's still going to be a healthy portion of the population that is saying, I don't know if I want to risk this. Um, But at the same time, I do think this fan base is as excited as we've seen it in a while. Um, and I mean, just so many people didn't get a chance, haven't had the chance to go to a football game in a long time. I'm, I'm going to say over barely. I'm saying at least the, the announced number I think is in the fifties.
0: Okay. So you said if I'd have set it a higher, like what high, like 51, you would have had questions or
1: I, I think you say like 51, five, I'm probably taking the, error.
0: okay. I mean, I'm taking the over simply because, look, I don't want to get into attendance shaming yet. And I understand there are things going on. And we have to see what other, what other programs look like. And maybe people are just here's, – here's the real question to me. And I, there are going to be people in both of these groups. And I kind of honestly probably fit in both of these groups depending on what the sport is. But I think there are going to be a lot of people that cannot wait to get back to a game and cannot wait to be part of a, a sporting event and a crowd like they used to be, even if that means they wear a mask or whatever. But just they've missed that part of their lives, and they now can do it. And, you know, college football is really important to a lot of people, and and they look forward all year to those six or seven Saturdays in the fall where they can go tailgate and go have a couple drinks and then go hang out and watch their school. And so I think there's going to be a lot of people that miss that and can't wait to get back and do it. But I do also think there is a segment of sports fan who maybe last year discovered the ugly truth that watching sports kind of a lot of times is better at your house. You know, I mean, and or even, you know what, I just didn't really miss setting up the tent and breaking down the tent and coming home with either using two bottles of sunscreen or coming home with sunburn after a 92-degree game at 3 p.m. Like, I think there will also be some people that say, I'm still interested, but what I found out last year was I don't have to be there to feel like I'm a part of it. And I don't really know which of those two sides are going to be bigger, um, but I think there are going to be people on both sides. Maybe they just cancel each other
1: out. I agree. I agree, and I, and also, you know, yeah, that some of those people at the latter camp probably are more likely to come for, say, like Texas A and M or Florida than they are Central Michigan for sure.
0: Yeah, because you know Georgia and Clemson do play this weekend. Um, Alabama mm-hmm. and Miami do play this weekend. There are games uh, that you want to watch. We'll get more into Central Michigan uh, on Wednesday. I'm well, I mean, I'm not going to lie. We're not going to get too far into
1: Central Michigan. We're, we're going well, to
0: acknowledge that, that the that is the team Missouri is playing and, and all that. Yeah, but, we'll you have
1: know. some very surface-level analysis. Yes,
0: yes, we will read some of the stats from last year about Central Michigan and tell you what maybe what some of uh, what Eli Drinkwitz said because I can't wait for the tomorrow afternoon. So so have you uh, started looking at Central Michigan yet, and what do you think? Um Yeah, today's the first day we're really we're going to watch film on them. So I don't really know what I think. That's the answer I can give you already. Uh, But Mitch will be back on Wednesday again. We'll have the recruiting show tomorrow. I think Sean and I are going to go about uh, mid-morning, 10 o'clock, something like that to get it done because Eli Drinkwitz talks at noon. I'm talking to Desiree Reed-Francois at 1.30. Uh, We get Steve Wilkes and players at 5. So it's basically just a parade, Mitch, back and forth to the Missouri athletic complexes in the next couple days
1: yeah we should have a a good amount of news so stay tuned
0: all right mitch thanks for joining us you guys thanks for watching much appreciated and as always thanks to true sun interiors sorry exteriors and interiors for being a part of this show making this show possible you want to check them out google them true sun exteriors uh, that will pop up, 573-442-7292, award-winning home improvement company here in Columbia. I've used them myself. They've put up a fence. They've recited my house. They've redone our kitchen and our bathrooms. They'll do pretty much anything you need. Give them a call, 573-442-7292. Two, two, two. True Sun Exteriors and Interiors presents the weekend recap for you guys every Monday on this here YouTube channel. Thanks for watching. We'll talk to you next week.